Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review, the podcast dedicated to bringing our listeners, the artists, writers, and creators that are part of this renaissance of creativity, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. Today, we welcome Digital God, the author of Conquest Harem Volume 1, a story that starts out with, Behold, the battle of the century has just begun for first year's Sato Kiyama and Hajime Tanaka, who will conquer the most girls before the semester ends. Love, drama, maybe a few twists along the way, is all there for their tumultuous first semester. Uh, so welcome to the show and so is first big question is this from personal experience not at all <laughs> well i mean that's a, that's a hard that's a hard thing to say so from personal experience <laughs> meaning is it a collection from different shows that i've watched and then sort of coalescing them into a, a singular project yes that is from personal experience but it has nothing to do with my personal life <laughs> at all so you were not a, a the Don Juan DeMarco of your high school. No, I was, I was not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell me about your story and why I want to read it. Can you kind of sum that up in like a minute? Yeah, sure. The All story right. is basically about someone who's a yandere who wants to kill people and has been killing people since middle school. And only recently is their, their object of affection turned to one of the two guys. And so the, the story is a parallel story told. Well, it's, it's more, it's a story told from their perspective and the, the more lighthearted drama moments that they're dealing with in complete contrast to, you know, what, what she's doing on her side. So you'll have them like making a, like a sex joke and then you'll have her story in parallel talking about chasing someone down and murdering them. And those will be happening in parallel to each other so you have one scene where you're at a train station and you, you, you're talking well <laughs> you have one scene at a train station and they're on the train and that's told from one perspective and then it comes back to that scene later and then talks about her perspective on that scene and they're completely different and they're completely separate so the story evolves in that way and it's hinted at early in the story and about like chapter five is when that that part the real story begins on that side and then the story evolves from sorry and the story evolves from there got it and, and one of the other things that you know i and the reason that it's it's interesting to me is it's actually oh man <laughs> i'm breaking it up it's not actually even a parallel story it's it's a it's a three-lane story so you have everyone that's like normal characters that are normal people so you have like reina you have hajime you have sato and you have natsuki which are running, you know, mostly normal stuff that are doing mostly normal high school drama stuff and like a romantic comedy sort of thing, like Toradora style. And then you have the Yandere one and they're doing Yandere stuff that are killing people. And that's an unraveling mystery that's touching on in, the, in their daily, daily lives. So you have a breadcrumb kind of thing so that you build up hints along the way so that they'll finally realize that she is so you make sure that, that that happens in volume two. And then you have the, the sixth one, or sorry, the third one, which is, oh man, which is built, 
one of the side stories up much more clearly because I had to do that to understand it. Whereas, and you'll see it in the novel when you read it, is that the main characters, it's like a, it's like an anime style version of Inside Out is, is the best way to say it. Okay. No, no, it, it, that's what it is. So you'll, you'll have conversations between gods and things that are talking to each other. And those gods are people that are, are entities that are attached to someone. So you have one for Hajime, you have one for Sato, you have one for Natsuki, you have one for Reina that shows up in volume two. And you have the most interesting one, which is the one for, for um, Sasaki, which is the yandere in the story. So, and she becomes this huge character, which is something that just starts going crazy as I've been writing, writing volume two and all the side stories is that her story just explodes so that you have sort of this God attached to who she is and why she is the way she is. And so you'll have these long sort of in-depth explanations and in-depth, uh, you know, situations that talk about why she is the kind of person she is. That, that is absolutely fascinating and seems like a nightmare as a writer to keep track of yeah it, it and when i wrote the story first in volume one i just wrote it and then i when i sent it to my editor she was like i don't even know where anything is happening i don't understand where things are so i went back and wrote an entire timeline for volume one in excel with times and dates to understand and based and highlighted sections throughout the 68,000 words that were on there to show exactly where everything was so she could edit it correctly. That, that is absolutely fascinating. Is, and, I mean, it, like I said, that, that seems like a nightmare to keep track of what's going on uh, in tandem or in it, parallel. It, it is, but you know, it's one of, and it happens in volume one, but you know, in, in volume two, it happens too. But when, you know, I'll have like a scene and then, I'll write it from two or three different perspectives and they'll be maybe separated and maybe done, you know, close, you know, and it's just because I'm writing that to understand, you know, why different characters are doing the things that they're doing. So one scene, Sasaki will be trying to kill someone. And then the next other scene, it'll be from that other person's perspective on what they're doing. And then the third scene from third perspective on that will be from what the gods are doing in that situation. And so you have these different stories that are going along in parallel. And the reason I did that was because, you know, I, when you write a killer character, it's really easy just to make them generic and just like they're, they're killing. And it's like, I, I like Yandere's, I like Future Diary, but Yuno as a character is not very, is not built out. She's not like, I'm not sitting there being like, oh, I understand exactly why she's killing people other than just she's crazy. Yeah, but it, when I'm writing that kind of character, I'm like, I'm I'm going to explain to you. You're going to see exactly why she does the things things that she does. And more so like we go in and something you know, I, in, what? more like Thomas Herrick, um, who wrote the the Hannibal series. I mean, you yeah. really understand what drives him and why he's a mad, why he becomes, you know, yeah. And, and sort of this story, you know in part of the side stories that I just finished, you know, a couple of days ago that I haven't posted yet, you know, what I'm trying to do is <laughs> that to understand why she's a killer and why she's sort of a, a sexual character. She is very, very a sexual character is that I, 
and wrote her backstory as you know she has her own god that she used to have in, in middle school and then i go back and i start talking about like the garden of eden and i talk about like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then as part of that you know that breaks down you know after satan tempts eve and then the tree itself breaks into the seven heavenly virtues and breaks into the seven deadly sins and those become sort of what the world is and then over time the, the god or the uh, sin that i chose to use for the you know a grand version of the story is lust so then lust has her own story sort of a smaller story and eventually she gets bored and then she finds sasaki just doing her normal stuff and then and then basically merges with her god so then that becomes the, the character that you see in the story and that story becomes a very, very large sort of arc on what the entire conquest harem is going to be. And very early on in the process, I already decided that, you know, Sasaki is going to get her own sort of side novel series that she's going to be doing different stuff because of how important her character and her, not just her by herself, but her God and how that became so, you know, important to the overall story. That is a very challenging and absolutely fascinating. Uh, yeah. you, you've, you've taken on a Herculean task there to try and uh, create such a uh, in-depth backstory and such a enriched world um, for these characters to exist in. Yeah, it's and, and that's part of why I'm writing the side story just on volume one because you know it's. I don't want people to just accept that the, the way characters are. I want people to agree and understand that they act the way they do for a certain reason, which is why one of my favorite shows recently is Attack on Titan. I get it. I understand why characters are doing the things that they're doing. I don't exactly agree with them. I mean, I'm writing a killer that's both a sexual and, and a sadist character. And, you know, I don't agree with the things they do, but I want to make sure that the reader understands why they're doing those things. Well, to, to be a writer is, uh, as Tracy Ullman put it, is to be a paid schizophrenic. Um, you have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes to an extreme. Yep. So that's why, that's why when I was mentioning earlier about some of the jokes, like early on when I was writing chapter one, I did, you know, Sato falls down, you know, a, 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 some stairs to be dramatic. And I thought it'd be funny, and then, which turned into the breadcrumbs leading to the fact that he's being targeted by yandere and that's <laughs> what it became because based on progressive stuff you know you have i thought it'd be funny to do sort of the generic anime stuff and have his sister hajime's sister attracted to him just to be funny because i thought it'd be like you know that generic anime thing which leads itself to its own sort of natural conclusion which is uncomfortable stuff that has to be written about in volume two and you know just the driving the characters to be more realistic giving them flaws and giving them the ability to grow. You know, it's uh, like Hajime got molested by his sister when he was younger, which becomes a big part of his personality. You know, Sato was abused, not abused. Sato was, um, well, it's the right word. He was under the heel of one of those uh, like princess type girls in middle school for a couple months, which sort of made him the way he is and not wanting to, uh, you know, 
deal with 3D girls. You know, Hajime, because of the, you know, being molested by his sister, you can't touch girls, which becomes a plot point in itself later. Yes. So, you know, it becomes an issue that he has to deal with. And, you know, it's, and when you have a yandere, which thinks that they can solve all the problems for someone who can't get touched, then leads her on her own story. So if she finds out that he's been molested, then her point, her story now starts being directed to go kill the people that did that. So yes. then you got to tell that story within, you know, humanizing the people. So as part of what I did is, and the other big thing is when I have villains in the story, they're always humanized in some way. So that his sister, you know, molested him, but she's also super concerned about Reyna, you know, turning to a life of prostitution, even though she really isn't, but she's concerned about her doing that. So talks to her at length about that, which gives her depth and gives her a personality where she's not just evil. Um, and that's what I did with the, the goddess, which is, sorry, I did with Sasaki's God, which is known as the goddess of love. I don't think I, yeah, I'd say that. I think I said that in volume two. I can't remember at this point, but <laughs> she, you know, that's, and, and gives a whole story to explain why she is the way she is, which is going to lead to a, a natural conclusion of who, of what, whatever she's going to become, which is, you know, you know, the inner conflict sort of thing. And, and you know, the reason, and I'm worried about, you know, the, the side story novel that I'm going to have with her, because it's not going to be, it's not going to be an original English light novel. It's going to be um, primarily influenced by, you know, biblical stuff. So it's okay. going to be more of a religious sort of story. Okay. Because, you know, it, in any story, you know, the bad guy has to lose. You can, well, not in any story, but in the stories that I write, the bad guy has to lose. So after, you know, the, the God that's trying to, the God of the Yandere in the story loses, then they'll be defeated. But, you know, the side story novel was Suzaki goes to America because she's half, she's half American, which is hinted at in the story. And, you know, has a whole different life that she has to lead in America. And I thought it'd be fun originally to have Sasaki's God after she's defeated merge with, with an angel and then have that story be, be a whole different side story where she has to fight that kind of, uh, you know, battle internally. An angel and, and, good thing to, and one thing I haven't noticed. An angel filled with lust. Yeah. So you have, you have lust and you have an angel sort of fighting each other, but lust really isn't even, she's there, but she's merged with the God and she's just, she's not really a character anymore. They're sort of fused. So it, it becomes a whole different sort of story, you know, from you dealing with more religious topics. And that, that I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to call that an original English light novel. But the original series, Conquest Aram, is going to be more based in comedy until okay. it can't be. I mean, well, you've, you know, you've described a extremely rich, extremely uh, detailed, extremely, a very well thought out uh, universe. And it seems to be an absolutely fascinating one. So again, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that's, that's where, and so you're asking why, sorry, I forgot the original question. <laughs> it was, um, what kind of inspired you to write a, uh, a uh, well, a, a harem story what was it that to rephrase what was it that made you think okay this is the genre i'm going for 
because I like the world God only knows. Okay, that's an so awesome, awesome, awesome anime. Love it. Because you know, it one of the that thing hit harder than than most other ones, and the reason I wanted to write that one like that in that style was because in, in all the shows that I've watched up until that point, the harem genre was always um, flat, and I think that's part of what it is. It's it, it's it's flat in that you know why there, there's not a lot of reason why the girls are actually after the guy. And it was different when I was watching the show and it was really calculated on why the things were happening the way they were happening, why he was going after the girls. It was all explained. It was all talked about and it was understandable. Like I, I, I understood why the things were happening that were happening. I understood why from the writer's point of view that the girls were after the main character. It made sense. And it was just a nice change of pace. It actually made sense. Well, see, you know, it. I, I, I'm thinking real quick. Um, I mean, how large are the harems these guys trying to get, even though they're digital? Uh, because if you, uh, I, I, I've done a little research in the past on harem anime, just a little bit, and uh, there are some harems that are pretty big uh like in uh what is uh nagima uh his harem is at least 30 girls uh then we got saito um from uh from familiar of zero and though i think we all have to agree that yuki rito has one of the largest ones from uh uh to love Aru. so are, yeah. are these guys trying to build harems that big or is it just, you know, wait, are, are you going, are you going big? Cause go big, go home kind of idea, you know? Well, in my case, you know, from what, <laughs> from what I'm reading, from what I'm trying to, to write on this, you know, their harem is basically comprised of 2D girls as part of a contest that they have with each other. So the, the harem is like, even in the beginning of chapter zero, it's like, one of them has 200 and the other one has 230. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's pretty large, but you got to understand a lot of those, those numbers are all, you know, not characters that will ever be talked about. They're just a number. Okay. So now if, if try and I, I guess here, here's a way of thinking, try and I guess, um, why, why, why do I want to read this book? What, what is it? Is it for the comedy? Is it, are you very gamey about the way you describe things? Cause I know some books they go into nauseating detail. Yes. I'm looking at you shield hero about the leveling and such. So is it, is it, what, what is the, what is my driving factor going to be here? Is, is it drama? Is it comedy? I would have to say the, the main thing that, that I realized when I, when I started writing and the reason that, that, that people should read it is it's uh, primarily a, a interpersonal story because, you know, when I was writing the stuff, I made a point that, that I tried to describe everything in every situation and in every scene from a conversational point of view. That's why things are described. I have to describe some things, you know, with, uh, you know, a third person narrator, obviously, but it's more concerned about talking, what, thinking about what, what characters are thinking, what the characters are talking with each other. And, you know, I've seen, and you know, obviously I've read other stories, you know, from different creators and they'll spend more time 
talking about things and describing things like you know the the dragon knight went to the castle is you know a, a common line i guess you could put in a fantasy yeah. novel but from from my point of view i would sit there for like a page and a half have him do like an inner dialogue and talk about things and then have another character with him talk to him so the whole journey to the dragon castle would be a conversation between two people talking about stuff and that right. conversation would have weight and it would mean something in a grand scheme because you know as i'm doing conversations and talking with people there's always a reason for that and things and there's not a lot of fluff i would say anything okay. that's in there that that i've written has meaning there's a reason why things are said because you know i'm, I'm ultimately building towards something bigger well well speaking about building towards something bigger it, you know you're going to do that you're building you're building one layer upon another is that through a a lot of planning and outlining or are you writing on instinct are you a discover are you a discovery writer i, I guess it would be both i mean i'm not if i'm not exactly i know what you mean but i, I, I really most, of, mo most of us are both so yeah <laughs> so I, I guess in that case so i i like to the reason the way i do it and the way i think about myself is i'm like a like an evil game master like an evil god in the story because i will put I, I want in my outline to describe i make an outline and i do and i describe where they're at and you know what the, the overall thing is but in the course of writing that actual scene like i i literally have no idea what they're going to say and what they're going to do so i <laughs> i just sort of make it up as i go but i know okay. that they're going to be in this specific scene and i'm choosing that scene for a, for a specific reason but I don't know where the story's going to go after that. But but does that does that end up uh, in lack of a better term? Does that bite you in the ass sometimes? Where you 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 know that they're going to be in this scene, they're going to be talking about something. Does it end up biting you in the ass in that? Oh crap! This was a really good conversation, and it mentions things that I have not alluded to previously in the story, and now I got to go back and fix them, or if we uncover this now, what is there to uncover later? Do you ever have yeah, problems, would, problems yeah, that way? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. I, I've had, um, and I guess the way the story is structured helps me because it's more vague about a lot of stuff that happens. So I, I allude to a lot of stuff that happened in like the past. And like, because this, this takes place in, in high school. So I allude to stuff that happens in middle school from, in, from their point of view. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't have to explain it. <laughs> just like, I, I got to go back and write that later. But, you know, in terms of like future development on the story, you know, it, it has bitten me in the ass because there's, there's certain conversation and certain things I've thrown in there just for fun that uh, have just progressively built on, e on it, each other until, you know, the story took a different direction than I originally planned, which is not how I originally thought the story would go, but I'm happy that it turned out that way. It's just some of the scenes that I have to write from a plot development standpoint, because of things that I've just offhandedly thrown in early becomes a problem. It becomes uncomfortable <laughs> to write. <laughs> well, we've all painted ourselves into a corner or written ourselves into a corner at times and been like, Oh crap. And then uh, had to figure ourselves out, uh, Sometimes that involves major rewrites, and sometimes 
we can figure a, a new way to solve the problem. But uh, yeah, that is, it's always one of my favorite questions to ask is about how writers figure out how to undo a problem they put themselves in. Because as you said, we are the gods of the universe we create. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I, a lot of the problems that I, I throw in there, you know, I don't really fix. I mean, I, originally when I started writing it, it was, there were a lot of just problems because, you know, I'm not, I wasn't a writer before this, you know, I wrote essays in, in college. So, you know, part of that learning process was just learning how to structure things per, correctly, uh, make sure it's readable. And uh, that was, that was a learning experience, but from like a plot development standpoint, there was never a choice, I guess, or there was never me going back and rewriting major sections. I just, I went with it and I said, you know, wherever it goes, it goes. And then I, I started future planning based on where it was at and then just constantly keep planning based on hey, where I'm going. Hey, it, if you think about it in the web novel uh, method, uh, use uh, Ricky Kurgawa, for example, the SAOR, the Sword Art Online author. author. He wrote almost everything that has ever appeared in Sword Art Online up until this most recent arc um, has appeared as a web novel, as part of a web novel. And all the novels that he has published have been based on those, but in many cases he's had to, he fleshes them out enriches the characters, enriches the scenes, add things, cut things. And so when you're looking at the web novel, it's kind of like a rough draft. And it's really interesting to know that, you know, he wrote these web novels, put them out there. And now as he's published different things over the last you know, decade at this point, he's really fleshed out and created new characters. And that makes the new arc much more fascinating because he openly admits, I didn't, this isn't a web novel. I don't know where it's going. I, I am starting this anew. And uh, so it's, it's a really interesting to watch that kind of process, especially for a lot of the writers that start out online, because, you know, eventually somebody wants, if you're lucky, someone wants to publish it and they're like, yeah, but you know, can you clean it up a little bit and make it a little meatier? And they go back and they uh, kind of, have to rejigger their original thoughts, which is quite a fascinating process in itself. <laughs> yeah, it, that is, you know, part of that is, you know, I am, I guess, currently uh, as part of, you know, I'm writing volume two of the story, which continues that story. Uh, but there's, you know, web novels that I'm writing on three different websites right now. They're all the same, but it's posted three different places. They're all just different side stories any of the, them any of them honey feed not right now but i've looked you've looked you know, okay all right yeah no that's that's one of the other ones you're like you know i, I just because i thought wattpad was popular so that's why i did yeah. that one and then scribble hub and royal road royal road came up so then i threw a posted on there and i think someone mentioned honey feed at some point yeah and it wasn't just no it was the just ga the gal who it runs we have a full-time mod they have a full-time moderator or moderator co uh, community manager now um with that and the, the editor in charge of it is really supportive. It's a good community. If, if you want to get a lot of feedback and we give like points, they give like points to uh, authors like achievement badges. If you, you know, update 
X number of times in a row, things like that. So it, it kind of gamifies it a little bit to, to yeah. encourage participation. Yeah, I mean, from what from what I'm doing right now is there's a I'm currently working with at least a thousand words for both stories. So it's two thousand words in total. So I have one going on that I post every Monday mm -hmm. and one I post every Friday on on the the websites or the web novel sites I do. And that's because you know I'm trying to to make sure that I have an incentive to write um, writing the side stories. Also, gives me a chance to flesh out some of the characters that I have in the main story. And you don't know, understand them better as I'm writing volume two, because you know they're, they're everyone has a big history. Yeah, well, everyone has a, has a big history that you know I allude to at some points in the novel that I, I expand upon, and you know as I'm writing volume two, then there's also moments in there that I'm writing about because I want to understand what those mean as I write volume two. So the reader won't realize that, but from I, but I know that you know, I already wrote what that, what that scene is. So it has meaning that, you know, that reader might not necessarily know about. You like to weave a thread through the entire thing. And that's. Yeah. And you know, one, yeah, one story, one of the web novel stories is just a, a, com a complete side story to the entire volume one, basically. It's yeah. about you have almost completely different cast dealing with completely different problems. It's just the main characters from the first volume show up. And that one is um, what I consider more of a proper uh, romantic comedy type of okay. novel. So it's it's more, it, it follows some of the genre tropes a little bit more closely. And I did that because it was fun. And I thought it'd be interesting to, to tell a story from a different point of view. Uh, the other one uh, that I post on Mondays is uh, just taking one of the characters from the volume one and just telling a bunch of, different stories about things that they've done in the past to to make them a, a bigger character because you know, that's one of the characters that, that character is is a major player in the, in the overall arc of the entire series that i need to to make sure is fleshed out and i understand who they are well, i mean so you're not only um adding to your universe but that but in doing so you're helping yourself understand that universe yep and you know that's that's part of why you know i wrote those things because it it makes more sense to me why i'm writing something like i need to have an understanding of why characters are doing the things that they're doing at any point there's a conversation or there's an action i need i as a writer need to understand why they're doing it i, I won't write it unless i can understand why they would do it and so you know, that comes into a problem when you do offhanded comments sometimes that, you know, think are funny. And then you realize later that, you know, your character said that. So they need to know that they've said that, which means I need to write something that under, that makes that understandable. Okay. So, <laughs> well, hey, and backing up just a little bit, you seem to have a lot of discipline in your writing. Uh, I know there, you know, for a lot of writers, finding that time uh having that discipline to continually write is uh is very difficult and uh you're doing consistent updates and that's i mean it, are, are you uh i get home and i shut the door for 30 minutes and hammer out you know a couple hundred words or is it more like a, a writing spurt of i'm gonna lock my i'm not getting up from this computer until i've done what i need to do 
Um, it. I, I would say that it's it's I just come home and write it or I would write because I used Google Docs, so it, it's mostly most of Volume One was and pretty much everything I write is written on my phone in like Google Docs. Um, and you know when I when I start things off, it's easier for me to write you know based on an outline. So I just I write the outline. And I, I figure out where I want the story to go generally. And then I go off of that. And it's more, it's more or less easy to do that for me based on doing that. So, you know, and, I, and putting the expectation of myself to do, you know, with the two stories, 2000 words a week, just on those side stories, you know, I, I, I get it done. And it's just, it, it comes down to just writing it. And part of that is me understanding that it's just not going to be the best version of itself so like that's what i see for the web novel stuff that i'm writing like it's not the best version of what it can be just because i wrote it and i just did it and you know it, it became it became what it is the current volume one was edited myself like three four times and then sent to a professional editor where stuff was moved around so that is the best version of that story it, it, well it's still a matter of you having the discipline to write it and then put it out there. I mean, cause you know, I think writers understand this, but a lot of other people might not get that there's an immense amount of bravery in putting your work out there to an audience because they, people can be mean, <laughs> but um, there's an immense amount of bravery in putting yourself out there because Anytime you create something and then have, it, not just keep it to yourself, but share it with others, there's a, there's a risk because you have, you put yourself in that and you feel the time that they could reject, by them rejecting the work, it feels like they could be rejecting you. But in a lot of cases, that's just not the case. But yeah, yeah. writing, yeah. publishing is an act of bravery. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I feel that in, in volume one, I, I do understand and, and feel that someone could reject some of the, the way in which the story is, is told, uh, where people would just probably couldn't like it. And that's fine. And, and I understand why some people wouldn't like it. I'm more, I'm actually more concerned about volume two, because as I said, you know, originally, there's some things that become jokes that, you know, have to be built upon and, you know, lead to a natural climax i guess is the right word to say that yeah and you know i won't reach those things until volume two so i'm sitting there writing some things i really don't <laughs> i don't want to write some of these things but i know i have to so that it become you know basically two situations in, in particular from volume two uh you know i was having real trouble writing because they were not comfortable situations to write well well Okay, there are some things that you find that make you uncomfortable to write. How about what do you think is your wheelhouse? What what do you think, you know, give me this kind of scene and I'm going to knock it out of the park every time. I don't think, well, I mean, I haven't written too many battle scenes, so I probably wouldn't say my forte is battle scenes. I could probably write them, and I, I think I have. I have wrote those, and they were fine. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy just writing conversation pieces. I just I enjoy talking, uh, having characters talk to each other and, you know, finding comedy in those conversations, you know, because 
that's what that's what I do, and that's pretty much what the entirety of the the first novel is. It's just characters talking to each other and finding comedy in it. And one of the things I, I figured out very early on was that you know I was talking to some of the other writers like Jerry Hines and like DC Craig, but their volumes and their novels just casually talking about what I was writing is just you know I I, I wrote in a way that was you know, working on two different principles, you know, just because it's, you know, just because it's a joke doesn't mean you can't take it 100% seriously. And the other one is, you know, comedy is going to ensue drama. So that's what it is. So every piece of, of comedy in the, the, the first volume, well, not every piece, but most pieces lead to a, a, a realistic outcome in the actual world. So it's dealing with both comedy and drama very, very closely knit to each other. Okay, so going off that same thread, who is who would you say is your favorite writer then? My favorite writer? Yeah. Who who do you who do you either try and model yourself off of or who do you think whenever you read their writing or hear their writing, um, if it's a, a script writer, uh, you're like, yeah, this is this is how I would love to be able to write. I don't have one. Okay. I don't. You know, in, in you got to understand from from my, my point of view, what I came from was uh, I I had well I have a YouTube channel that I've been using uh, off and on for certain like six something years ago, and and part of that channel was was examining things and anime and and understanding it from a historical point of view. So when I was reading stuff from different authors, they were, um, you know, professors, you know, philosophers, <laughs> uh, different sort of academic style uh, people, which is originally why I waited so long to write, because that's all I read. You know, I read those things to understand, you know, why things are the way they are. And, you know, they're all from different people and they were all examining different um subjects i would say in anime so we're talking about like why is the school uniform so popular in media and then reading you know two three four different papers on the subject and writing something on it for an for an episode i would do but that was writing in you know an academic style so you know i enjoyed reading those things from the perspective that i was learning something uh only recently have I really rediscovered my own enjoyment of, of reading? Um, and that was what reading Mushoku Tensei. And that was pretty good. Yeah, I, good. I enjoyed reading that. It was a, it was a nice, it, it was written in a different style than my own. And I, I enjoyed what they were doing. Uh, but, you know, from like a favorite author, I, honestly, I don't have one. Okay. Uh, it, it's okay not to have a favorite. Um, so, all right, uh, let's move into June. Uh, is there something, let's see. All right, we're talking, we, we, we were talking harems. Uh, so you had to have done some research. Who do you think has the best harem? The best harem? Yeah, I think this is subjective. So no, there is no wrong answer. Oh no, this is the easy one. We already talked about it. So you know, the world God only knows. Really? Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, but he doesn't get to like he he's 
he doesn't i mean in general and in, in most of the series i mean there's that i think there's a film that comes out but most of those girls i mean they forget like that you know they fell for him at the end of each episode so it's not like he's really building the harem is it i understand yes, being... that's why i like it though it's because it's not a traditional harem oh, okay i i like it because it's not now if we're talking like traditional harems that's different then it would probably be it'd probably be from saito from the familiar of zero <laughs> and, and that's just because you know i watched I, I i watched the show back you know when it came out and then i read the novel eight novel for that one up until like five or six volumes i can't remember what i stopped at back in the day and then read the manga so i knew what the i knew what the show was and i read about it and i was invested in it. so that's from from a traditional standpoint you know, the question is, could I go back and watch that now or read that now and have the same experience I did then? Probably not. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, I, 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 in Familiar of Zero, I'm always, I was always pulling for the queen. I was always pulling for Henrietta. But um, I would have to say, uh, I mean, I am the unabashed, uh, if it comes to harem anime, the, it, it's how to raise a boring girlfriend. They're my favorite girls. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not exactly your traditional harem anime because it's very meta. It is very making fun of the genre at, in a very, very loving way the entire time. Um, but each one of those gals in that story are just uh, just amazing to me. Uh, when you when you and a non-traditional, actually, you know what? If uh, if we're talking like harem anime from a very uh, loose definition, yeah. I, w- I would say the Monogatari series is probably my my favorite harem. Then, yeah, the, the, see, I always had trouble getting into it. I've tried it, uh, tried getting into it many times. It doesn't move fast enough for me. Yes, that is probably part of the way I actually wrote those things. Is is, is inspired by those things. But yeah, because the, the show is just basically talking. It's <laughs> conversation after conversation after conversation. Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> it, it, there's not a lot of action in there, um, which, you know. Uh, I'm, I have no problem with lots of dialogue. I love Aaron Sorkin as a writer. I love snappy, witty dialogue. That is one of my favorite things. Um, that's one of the reasons I like Sicano. But uh, so many people like wholeheartedly like love that show, love uh, Monogatari. And I just have yet to like been able to sit down and watch more than one episode in a row. <laughs> I'm like, it's a, it's a very it's a very heavy show, I would say, you know, yeah. and, I, and, and to be honest, you know, I haven't actually finished the entire series. I've, I think I got about halfway <laughs> and that's, I, I enjoy the series and I really do. It's just, and I enjoy what it does and, and, and who it is, but it's, it's, it's heavy because it's just, it's so much dialogue and so much building off of each other. And, you know, in the way I structured my novel was, was inspired by that because you know, when, when they were talking about stuff in the show, they just like offhandedly reference these major events from like, <laughs> four. that is a major portion of the first, which is what most people start off at, which is Bokeh Monogatari, and people start at that. And they just offhandedly mention like huge events from before that, you know, I just, I thought that was interesting doing that. So, you know, as part of what I did, you know, I offhandedly mentioned stuff that's happened in middle school, just to, to have that, you know, as something that happened in, in middle school and so that that was a major inspiration and you know even though it is a non-traditional harem 
you know, there's a lot of problems with it. I honestly don't recommend Motogatari series to people because it has some stuff in there that, you know, it's just, it's weird. There's a lot of weird in that. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff in it. And what goes into, you know, you really got to understand anime to really. Oh, yeah. There, there's, there, there are what we call entry level shows. Yeah. And then there are, you know, your more advanced anime watching. And, and yeah. Like, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely one of those. Like, you have to have some basis in why they're making certain kinds of jokes. And that happens very early on. Yeah. I think that's like episode three or four of the Bakken Monogatari where you got to. You gotta get anime before you actually watch that show. The though, I, I, one of my favorite um, is definitely uh, I love Rosario Vampire. Uh, the anime is good, but the second season, which is uh, manga, is absolutely spectacular. It goes from being a slice of life um, school uh, harem to this just like epic epic show and battle kind of thing it is really just amazing and i recommend anybody reading that uh uh though and kuramu is is the best of the girls in his harem but we'll move past that one i watched the first season of that a long time ago yeah and it was it was fine i I didn't i don't have any any real memories of that season uh, of that show i know it has been popping up but i haven't really read read the second season manga it's they call it the second season read that and it is it it really just it explains mocha's split personality if you want to call it that it just it really just will it'll wow you by the end you'll be like this is just an amazing amazing story at the end of it um let's see all right well we're (laughs) coming up on an hour all right so uh is there anything else uh, you'd like to add before we close out got it one of the things i want to say about the the book is that it is built um upon you know just rising to something bigger than itself so you know it's and i know we've been talking about harems a lot and one of the things that the novel does is it, it tries to use the harem in a different way, in a different way than the other shows have. And it, it morphs into something different as you keep reading it. And I think that that is a very important uh, thing to keep to consider when, when, when thinking about the novel, because what you expect at the beginning of the first volume is not going to be what you're going to be expecting from the story at the end of it. And certainly not going into volume two, because it, it shifts gears very rapidly on things that it's it's focused on and uh the the side stories and whatever are also building on on that sort of escalating action in the story and where but it's always going to be based on just interpersonal stuff and talking about people and i think that that sometimes in anime is not really discussed just discussed so in this in this show when people, when characters do stuff, when people say things, when when stuff happens, there's always going to be a reason, and I'm always going to be sitting there in my chair trying to understand why they did those certain things, and you know I will make sure that on my side that there's always a, a reasonable expectation for that. So it, it, I think in, you know in the acknowledgments in the first volume, you know I put the the major inspirations for the story, you know as the the world God only knows, you know I put Torador in there. 
but I also put future diary in there because it became <laughs> a, a big inspiration for what I expected from the story going forward. Well, Hey, that's a great, uh, a great mixture or mashup to, to pull uh, some plot ideas and some stories from, and you've definitely piqued our interest. I want to thank you for joining us today and talking about your, about your stories and about your novel. Uh, people can follow you on at digital God on Twitter and can find your book on Amazon. And if you would like to hear more conversations like this, please subscribe to WLNM and I will bring you as many creators and artists and writers as I possibly can, because I like you love listening to them. So until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast. Thank you.